Welcome to Lester the Nightfly. This is part two of a three-part series focused on a man named Etienne de Rocher and a band called Haunted Shed. Etienne has a terrific record that came out in 2021 and a playlist that will knock you sideways. Let's get into it. Part two with Etienne. Just for clarification, you're playing the acoustic guitar, you're singing, you are also doing the keyboard work? Yeah, I think I did all the keyboards on the album. I can't think of any any that I didn't do. All the acoustic okay. guitar. And, and then yeah. Dan is doing the lead guitar work. Yeah. I, okay. I played guitar in a couple songs on um, Silvering Day and Hypno. I played electric guitar just because they were, they were closet tracks I had been sitting on. And I was like, these should be on this record. And I didn't have time <laughs> to get Dan. I was like, I have a day to like finish this song. And I was like, I'll just try you know it took me a gazillion takes of course because i'm not i don't really do that stuff i like playing everything it's it's fun i just i can't always pull it off you know usually it turns out more interesting to me if it's someone else's approach you know some someone else will always do something way different than i would so it it helps me inspire me to like uh get it done well, we're moving into Silvering Day next. This is uh, sort of, uh, they're all connected. Until we get to track five, we, we have a lot of connections between, you know, the, the, the song Silvering Day is more old pianos, at least in my vernacular, as mm-hmm. I've heard. Yeah. The rhythm, though, blew my mind. This is Joe Rowe. I'm wondering, did he do the rhythm? Actually, work, no. Did you? Uh, very interesting. You asked this. Two of the songs have drums by uh, Andrew Borger, who's... A friend of mine, we we lived together and were in bands together when we were in our 20s. I had him come out to Athens during this time when I was like just trying to get some songs written and down. And he played drums with me in my house for a day or two. And I laid down some stuff and the drums on Archipelago, which we were talking about earlier, and this song, uh, Silvering Day, are, are Andrew Borger, who now plays with uh, Pink Martini out, out on the oh, West Coast no and, and uh, has played with wow. Tom Waits and Nora Jones and Katie Lang and all kinds of people. But he's a he's a amazing talent and his drumming just, it's got some sway to it. Got this like crazy swing and it's his in, insane drumming. And then me doing this, uh, I'm playing the electric guitar, which is again through through rhythmic delay, and those two things are. Te- there's this tension through the whole song between those two things. It's tense, man, but it's like exciting. It's like a it's like a roller coaster ride to me listening and and playing that song. It's like uh, amazing. Let's let everyone in on it. Uh, this is Silvering Day from Haunted Shed. We're here with Etienne de Rocher. What fun we're having! Let's listen to this one.
So, man, I heard and I, I wrote this a couple times and it's unfair because it's it's probably just way out in the, in the wild. But I wrote down the words Johnny Marr a couple times. OK. And, and Silvering Day was one of them. I, I heard a wow. little echo of, of the man. great Johnny Marr. I'll, uh, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. What a what a yeah. What a what a badass, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe what the reason that triggered that is just um, he was good at coming up with ways to play the guitar that weren't immediately derivative of like, you know, the blues or, or jazz, or, you know, uh, he just had his own textures. If I succeeded in creating a texture of my own in that song, I, I, I would be very happy, you know? Wow. I haven't ever heard anyone quite play a guitar that kind of like that. That's, that's what I'm always after. Like a new, especially if you're playing an electric guitar, which is like, how much more stale of an instrument could we pick? But there's still plenty of stuff to do on electric guitar that's like going to turn your head or catch your ear. I, I hope it does that. And if it did, great. I'm, I'm it did. Happy. It did. Yeah. That the, you, you, you pulled together some atmospherics. And I think that's you playing around in the studio. You've got terrific drumming, obviously, with your friend. The guitar work is spectacular. We've gone through four tracks from the record, and I think we should take a departure now and go to your playlist. We've only taken one track. Just so everyone knows, Etienne shared eight songs, each one more interesting than the next. We've played one of them, and that was the Brian Eno track, King's Lead Hat. What do you want to go to next from that list? I do like those agitation free. I think of it as one song. It's part part one and part two. Okay. Um, I forget how I ran into discovering them. They're, they're kind of a kraut rock band that, that I hadn't really ever heard of. Not that I'm like a a kraut rock expert or anything. You didn't write a paper. No, no, no. I I should next time you do interviews, you'd be like, I I would like to see your paper (laughs) on your, your playlist, but there's a thing that happened in, well, progressive rock is what they called it back then. They didn't call it prog rock was that it was quite a bit jazzier than what it ended up as. You know, when you think of like, I don't know, like Rush or Emerson, Lake and Palmer, those kind of like what I would call like hard, hard prog. But back in the sixties, it was like guys that went to art school that listened to jazz records and they played music. And that, that was like Pink Floyd, you know, and these guys agitation free. And it's like, there's this, fresh freedom you can feel in their playing that's like open horizon and it, it's not weighed down with like the trendiness of of being like a heavy metal band or a progressive rock band it's just like this cool stuff that was going down and and i just love the playing and the atmospherics of of this stuff it's just it's fun to listen to it's, and, a, gift. You know. it's a gift to me and it's a gift to everyone else because we are not going to find Kraut Rock, a band called Agitation Free, ever without your help, I don't think. This is their second record called Second. Mm-hmm. And there are two tracks, part one and part two. Is it pronounced Layla, do you think? I think so. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I they're, they're a mystery to me as well. I stumped a couple of those snobby record shops, you know, asking for this. And they're uh, like, oh, wait, wait, I've, I've, I think I've... I think I've heard of them. And they were like, you know, uh, oh, yeah. apparently this record was re reissued by some label in Europe. It's out there. You, I think you can buy this on vinyl if you're really a sleuth, huh. you know, so someone's onto it. Part of what I was explaining about this list is these are things that I almost discovered a half of them after I made the record, but I was like, wow, this sounds like I could have been listening to this making the record, but it was after the fact. And 
I'm, I'm still drawn to it. And it's still, that connection still exists, even if it wasn't in the time, right order of time. I, okay. I feel like the universe of music is kind of timeless in, in the web connection. So I'm always interested in stuff. When people tell me, hey, man, you must be really into blank. And I'm like, never heard of them, but I'll immediately go check them out. Because right. I'm like, I want to find stuff that people were mining that same seam that, that I, I was making my record, but it could have been 20 years ago or 10 years ago or last year, or it could even not even be made yet. It might be in five years. Someone will go, Hey, did you check out this band that just came out? It sounds like haunted shit. I'm like, I, I, I love that. I love finding those connections. So we're this is one of those hanging out at the end. We're all of us, the listeners and you and me were, we're in the haunted shed and the haunted shed has music from your record. It's got kraut rock. It's got music from the future. We will discover music yeah. from the past, yet it all belongs yeah. in the haunted shed. Yeah. And it's it. all connected with, with cobwebs. And we're having fun <laughs> pulling on those strings of those cobwebs and seeing what pings somewhere else. This is so much fun. We're going to listen to Layla part one and part two from the record second from the band Agitation Free. This goes way back. Let's listen to it here on Lester the Nightfly.
it was 1974. These these crazy Germans did agitation free Etienne. 74. Yeah, 74. Wow. wow. Yeah. Man, oh man. There's a lot of a lot of late 70s stuff in in, in wow. here. Mid, a lot. Mid 70s and early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Like- I know it belongs in the shed. I, I totally get it, right? But I hear well, I guess I hear those echoes, but I hear such a fresh sound. I, if, if I were to compare your work with these uh, reference points that just keep calling them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you stand tall. And I know they're oh. big names and they're fascinating and they're, they're Eno, my God, Eno. I mean, he's, he's gigantic, yeah, a giant, Lundgren, yeah. meat puppets, fascinating, but you've created something that is so distinctive. And I don't want to keep throwing praise your way for no good reasons, but I, I, I honestly, it, there is a sonic quality that in that magic of you working it, you layering those things down, you playing in the studio, doing your work with your computer, you've created something really magical, truly. I'm so glad that it comes across because clearly when you spend the kind of time any artist spends, you know, on a, on a record that they're kind of producing themselves or whatever, there's something there that they're trying to get out. And they just hope that there's someone out there, even if it's one person that is like, I get what you're saying, yeah. that that's happening is, is it, it's rewarding. It's, it's totally it's, happening. It's, it's great. And, you know, um, and I will just say, and this comes up a little bit later in, in the playlist for me, but I'm not even listening to the voice in some cases. I'm, I'm, my head is on the lyrical note from the guitar in the de- depths of the song. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, with headphones on, those layers are talking. And yeah, you can hear the sure. song for the first yeah. time. And okay, what a fun song. I, I get it. That's pretty cool. Well, you go back and you go back again. And those layers start separating from themselves. And now mm-hmm. you can sort of see them clearly in, in space, if you will. And you can hear them. But it does take some concentration and it takes a, a good set of headphones, I think. What's the term? Repeated listening, bears, bears, repeated listening. I don't know. I think it's, it's a, bears, a music, repeated listening, yeah. music, music criticism term where it's like hmm. records I like, I listen to them and I catch something a little different each time. It's not just primary colors and big shapes. It's like hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of background uh, textures and things to pick up on. So, yeah. That's Again, why glad, you're good at what you do. That's why. Because, because, and in my brain, where I've never created music. I don't think I ever will. But you have the ability to do what I can't, and that is lay it down and have it make sense. But I've always been like you, I think, listening to those, those individual things. And, and I, they, I was mocked you know, in the nicest way in, in my fraternity at the University of Michigan, because I was always like, listen to the background vocals. Well, hold it. Hold it. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? And I'm not mm-hmm. sure anyone actually did hear it. But I did. Yes. You walk into a new space, a restaurant, a Starbucks, or something, and you're you're right in tune with what's playing instantly. And everyone else is sort of figuring out what they're going to order, but your head is already listening to whatever's playing. That's that's certainly me. I know that. All right. Yeah. Well, that's why you're uh, that's why you're in radio. I guess so. Um, in my in my crazy little tiny way. We're moving on to the fifth track here on Lester the Nightfly. We're here with Etienne de Rocher. You know, before we get to Christmas Store, though, you you mentioned French parenting and how you got your name Etienne. Mm-hmm. So, any story there behind your, I mean, do you uh, uh, have any af- affinity with French music, French people, French anything? Yeah, I mean, I was raised, I mean, I was, I was raised in a small, uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you know, which is like, as Southern as it gets, but, uh, my household was, was pretty French. I mean, we sat down, uh, for a a real meal every night. Um, 
we didn't have music on or watch TV and we, we had salad after our main course and just, uh, I don't know, just weird, weird little French things. So, um, and, but my parents were not terribly musical. They were academics. So I got a lot of, uh, like Joan Baez and Peter Paul and Mary and stuff when I was, when I was a little kid, but they did, I did hear some like Jacques Brel and some, some, uh, Bressons and uh, Jacques Dutronc. Je suis dauphin de la place Dauphine et la place Blanche à mauvaise vie. Les camions sont pleins de lait, les balayeurs sont pleins de balais. Il est 5 heures, Paris s'éveille. Paris s'éveille. Les travestis vont se raser, les stripteaseuses sont ravies. Les traversins sont écrasés, les amoureux sont fatigués. Il est 5 heures, Paris s'éveille. Paris. The French know how to sing a song and 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 deliver a lyric. There's just a certain uh, fanfare that I think they're good at. And I never, I, I was never that kind of person, but I love that, that style of like, you know, Eddie Piaf, just, just bringing it, you know, it's a certain, it's almost a soulfulness that only a totally white, you know, Gaelic person could have, you know, uh, that's, that's really kind of fascinating. Other than that, I don't feel super, you know, super French in any way. I think I, I probably feel more akin to New Orleans or Creole culture, Southern, Southern culture, just stuff I grew up around, you know, soul, R&B, funk, have always felt like home around that kind of music. Even country, old, old country, especially like Muscle Shoals stuff and stuff that was kind of soulful country, funky country. It's like all that stuff is like comfort food for me. 
was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The bastards hung me in the spring of 25 But I am still alive I was a sailor I was born upon the tide With the sea I did abide I sailed a schooner around the Horn of Mexico I went aloft to furl the mainsail in a blow And when the yards broke off they said that I got killed But I'm living still I was a dam builder Across the river deep and wide Where steel and water did collide A place called Boulder on the wild Colorado I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound But I'm still around I'll always be around and around and around and around I fly a starship across the universe divide you are listening to Lester the Nightfly on WPVM, WERB, KPOV, WHPW, or KYGT, WBDY, KFOI, KUGS, among many other great radio stations across the United States. I'm really glad you're there. Is Faltering Light a Southern record? I would not say that simply because I think What's been going on in Athens is certainly steeped in the South, but it's not, you know, all those bands, you know, whether it's Pylon or Love Tractor or, or R.E.M., even the Primitons who are from, from Birmingham, which we, we may talk about later. Will, they, yes. they were making that music despite the South. They, they were like, I want a little piece of New York in this like swampy little town, you know? And I think that they, they were very much in opposition to the rootsiness of, of the South. And of course I say that, but of course it, it still seeped in, it seeped into the way you might sing or the kind of clothes you might wear, the kind of places you'll play. But so in, in that sense, I would say it's very much an Athens record but Athens is not very typical of the South. It's, yeah. it, it's a very unique little bubble uh, in the South. I am ashamed to say I've never been to Athens. And I, that's a hole I've got to fix. I mean, I, there are cities in this country, in the South, that stand out in some special ways. I'm tied to one of them. WPVM mm-hmm. is in Asheville, North Carolina. I oh, was yeah. just down there. That's amazing. 
that place. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, some way it's it's a whole conversation, but but uh, that's a really neat musical place, food place. Athens obviously stands tall. Austin um, has got some magic going on. Of course, Nashville. There, there are some, you know, special places in the South that I just have not touched. And yet this show, Etienne, I don't even know if you know this, but Lester the Nightfly is a, a character created by Donald Fagan. And the yes. whole idea was Southern radio and Southern culture really behind that, that song. Wow. I did not know that. But yeah, no, I remember that. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole record. Yeah. The Nightfly. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, that was my vision, his record album cover, and I wanted to be him and all this. He just reissued uh, a live version like a month ago. Yeah. He's sitting, he's, he's got the, the SIG and the headphones, or, yeah. no, the microphone, yeah. the old, the little RCA. You like, got it. Uh, Mark, yeah. No, he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like classic jazz DJ from like, you know, back in the day. Jazz in conversation from the foot of Mount Belzoni. Hello, Baton Rouge. He says at the beginning, it's all in, it's a, uh, an amalgamation of different stations and ideas that he saw in the South. There, there isn't a, 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 a Mount, Mount Belzoni near the, I mean, it doesn't make sense geographically, but they're all references to basically what he observed and a brilliant man, a brilliant man. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, well, I'm, I'm going to dig that record out again too. Cause I remember liking, uh, liking the, the yeah. singles. I named my you, daughter you, Maxine after one of the tracks on the record. Um, all right. In fact, Cool. I'm getting as far afield. We are trying to play a song and, and that is Christmas store. It's the fifth track yeah. on the record. And uh, I'll just say this because you worked over the order carefully, but this is the first moment that I heard what I call a rattling guitar. Yeah. And this is what I fell in love with in a song that we have not heard yet on this show. Everybody you will called old joy, but it was this, combination i think of what you're doing on the acoustic and and it was the best thing i can say is just a sort of a a thumpy rattle and i heard it in christmas store for the first time the piano is there ever present very indie tons of layers again Mm -hmm. with the headphones you've got to put headphones on for this one yet there's a harmonica i believe in this thing right yeah yeah what's going on there who's who's doing that well that's me i i i had to perform solo so often um in the Bay Area, I just, I don't know, because like my band kept, you know, breaking up or not breaking up, just guys would, would leave. And I'd be like, oh, I got to play the show by myself. And I'd just be like, I need to just get a harmonica on a, one of those Bob Dylan racks and just play uh, during the breaks, mostly for myself. It wasn't like I, I felt like I needed, like, I'm all about playing a harmonica. I was just like, I need something to happen between the verses, you know. So I got where I would just do that. And I, I've just always liked, uh, playing them and i forget what made me play that in the studio but it was like i'd done it a couple times live and i was like well i'll go ahead and track it just so we have it and then it ended up being like a really fun part of the song so but uh yeah the goofy song christmas story yeah let's let's let everybody hear it etienne let's let the poor folks are dying to know they're they're they're, (laughs) i'm gonna start getting hate mail pj you don't play the damn song (laughs) let's listen to christmas store and then etienne and i will talk about it
heard it. It's amazing. Christmas store. Tell us what you can about the lyrics, the idea. It's charming. Love this one. I don't know. It's just one of those weird ideas. I, I, I think I was in Hobby Lobby, which is this craft art junk store they have in, in the Southeast. They might sure. have them. I don't oh, know yeah. how far they go, but it's like they're as big as a, a Walmart. I mean, they're huge and they're just full of candles and fabric and popsicle sticks and like stuff like that. Yeah. And it's maybe August or September. I'm wearing like a tank top and like shorts and I'm just sweating and I walk in there and there's like three aisles of Christmas decor already up. And I was like, this is the most bizarre thing I've, I've ever experienced. And I was like, but I get it. There's people that make stuff to sell at Christmas and they got to buy their supplies now because they got to make it in September because it's like they're going to sell it in October and November. So it's just that whole supply chain thing in your face, you know? And I just imagined the life of someone that had to spend their summer buying Christmas stuff wholesale or whatever, whatever you have to do to get an aisle full of Christmas stuff. And I imagined that person like talking about their job out and about, like trying to get a date with someone or something. And so it's just, you know, I almost play this character in the song of just like someone who's, who has an eye for stuff and owns this store full of Christmas stuff. It's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit. You know, it's like I, I, I own a Christmas store and you're, you're just talking to people on, on the street about it. And it just turned into this, this goofy song, you know, and it's, it's fun to play. I, the, the guitar part, which you picked up on was the first thing that kind of triggered the song, just like sitting in my kitchen with an acoustic and, and I was like, wow, that's got a little swagger to it and uh, kind of built the song around that. And then, you know, that's, that's how it happens. That's the word swagger. Uh, I mean, I said rattle and it mm-hmm. gets under your skin. It's, I don't know what it is, but it makes me like tingle or something. There's this yeah. thing rolling along inside there, yeah. like marbles, something happening in the way you're yeah. playing that. It's so it's cool. good. You know, it's just good rhythm guitar, man. That's, that's what it is. It's what, simple, it's simply what nice. rhythm guitar should, should, should do, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't always, but yeah, no, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it's doing the job because, you know, so have you ever heard of or listened to the, the band, the, the, yes, um, I have, there's a song called This Is The Day. You should go find it, dear Etienne, my friend. Uh-huh. Okay. And there's another one called oh, here Uncertain it is. Smile. So good. The aesthetic is there, a little bit of what you created in Christmas Store. And okay. uh, I just think you'll enjoy it. Surprised that the time on the clock was the time I usually retired to the place where I cleared my head But just for today, I think I'll lie here and dream of you I've got you under my skin where the rain can get in But if the sweat pours out 
just shout. I try to swim and call you out.
so we then get to one of the uh, well, Monsieur, the pièce de résistance, one of the okay. great songs on the record, and that's just one of truly. And this had this had to be on the list of the what single are we going to come out with first? Right, Umami Bomb. It must. Uh, yeah. It it. Well, initially, it you know it wasn't mm. because it mm. it's 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 such a. It, it's the lightest song on, on the record. Maybe you could say, which is maybe why it is a good single, but um, you know, we were all thinking like serious. No, this is kind of like a, a throw kind of a nineties, eighties flavored indie rock album. And that was this kind of like a, like fun little confection, you know, but it oh, did end yeah. up being, uh, yeah. we, we did make a video for it because yeah. um, super good. The, uh, yeah, the, the the people that uh, did publicity on the record were like, we we really like this song and it's fun to talk about. And it's like you have a little, you're you're like this dad that cooks a lot, and it just makes total sense, like to to be able to kind of pitch this song. So I was like, great, it was his fun fun song to make. You know, it, it was a complete afterthought. the The record was pretty much done, and I I, I wanted one more song because it wasn't really long enough to be in my opinion an lp and i was like well i have this little groove in my computer that i i put down a long time ago and i was like i think i can get joe to come over and play drums on it and he he did i think it was his second or third take and uh i sang i i literally the lyrics are just i am freestyling like rapping i'm just <laughs> and it's just like uh, yeah i mean it, it happened really fast and sometimes songs just they do that and they're they're good for that reason it's just like you didn't have any time to really think about it you just made it fun and uh came together things came yeah, together and, really well on this yeah and i had just spent some time with my buddy who is another dad who really likes to cook and we just when we get together we're just trying to make stuff just taste as good as we can and like mm, here try this mm, oh damn that's good Love like that. here have you ever done it this way so yeah it was just a song about about cooking <laughs> basically that's the artist in you etienne yeah for sure yeah as well the creator this is psychedelic uh the video is so fun we're going to put that on the lester the nightfly page so if you want to get the playlist everyone go to lester the nightfly.com there will be video as well as um features and and a playlist and stuff so you can track along we need a new host for lester the nightfly because i didn't know what umami was so we need someone better oh, okay. than me, clearly but i did well, we get all we, we 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 all grow we all uh, you know <laughs> you're helping me thank you yeah, it's good <laughs> <laughs> i wrote the song just for you pj uh, well yeah i appreciate that because now i'm gonna because mm -hmm. i love to cook too but i know i'm not at your level i'm sure but i i do enjoy playing around. We did a couple turkeys this past uh, Thanksgiving just to goof around with it. But I, I want to ask you, uh, or just comment, I guess, when I heard your vocals, there's a real echo going on with your voice, which I, I found terrific. It really fit the vibe of this thing. And when everyone goes and watches the video, Umami Bomb, U-M-A-M-I, Umami Bomb, there's a real grain in your voice. Umami Bomb, there's something going on. There. <laughs> yeah. and, and it And it's this is all maybe just happenstance and good fortune or whatever, but it's, it's very different than the rest of the record. As you already mentioned, there's this echo thing, lots of atmospheric, which, which that does go through all of the tracks I wrote down. It sounds like there are two notes coming out of your mouth at once. I don't know what huh. this is an effect. It must be, but it, there was a funny, funny quality to your voice on this particular song. Does that ring a I bell think, at all? Well, 
Yeah, I, I would argue that um, I sometimes like to harmonize where I might I might flip the interval upside down, which is something that like some Appalachian, uh, like the Leuven brothers, if you ever listen to them, they do a lot of that. Oh, and it oh. it makes a, an extra beat in the harmony that is maybe what you're describing, which I love. It's, it's almost like really appealing vocal harmonies often have that quality where you're like, the two voices are, a, the sum is it's more than two. It's like, there's some extra thing happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just hoping I just picked a good vocal harmony, you know, that like, so is appealing so I'm hearing to the to, effect but, of the harmony, right? That's what, that's what really yeah. is going on here. I'm getting that, yeah. that the punch, however you did the harmony, how tight it was, is what I'm getting. And that's why I'm hearing one voice, but two. And oh, it's so interesting. It's really yeah. Then it's, it's in there and it's psych- super it's cool. It's all psychoacoustics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Are these, these recording artists, we, we create these, uh, it's like MSG, you know, we kind of <laughs> know just, just how to use it. Right. You know, the delays MSG and was and stuff. used in the recording of this album. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. And, and MSG <laughs> does, does the trick, you know, on the subject of delay, cause you brought it up. There's a lot of rhythmic delay on this record and, a lot of people use that. It's it's used all over music, but I remember uh, listening to an interview of um, Prince's engineer that he used back in the kind of like Purple Rain days. I forget her name, um, but she's brilliant. And she was talking about how he really didn't like reverb very much, which is what most people use on voices and things. And he was like all about using delays, like to get rhythmic rhythm. And I'm like, I've always shared that same aesthetic and i was i was relieved and you know my ego was boosted when i was like oh yeah just like prince like i like delays so anyway it's just uh funny to hear also that was probably what appealed you know in his music to me too was the way it was mixed and just had this rhythmic intensity to it it's really really terrific umami bomb let's listen to umami bomb from Etienne de Rocher and Haunted Shed here on Lester the Nightfly. Thank you. 
Well, I hope you're having fun. I know I am. This is so interesting. Etienne is such a great guest. We've got more for you also next week in our third and final installment with Etienne de Rocher from Haunted Shed. We will get through that playlist that he's shared with us, and we're going to finish off the record as well. So it's a worthwhile endeavor for you to come back in a week and listen at the same time, at the same place, to me, PJ Ewing, and my show, Lester the Nightfly. I'll see you then. This has been a PJ DJ production. <laughs>